All right, serious word here. We at the Long Snapper podcast are part of a large conglomerate and our friends at the Mall Over podcast are having a, what do they call it? Mall Over Invitational. Um, so there's a, a charity rugby match this Saturday at half past two in the Devon and Cornwall area somewhere. Any idea where? Newquay. Newquay. Um, they're hosting a match versus an Austell rugby club in UK. Follow their, find them on Twitter at Mall Over Podcast. They will tell you all about it. And it's for rugby against cancer. So if you're anywhere near there, get yourself down there. Um, Rich, we are going to announce a little something for Russ. We are. Well, we, those of us who listen to them all over from time to time, spotted that uh, probably a month or two ago, he mentioned that he was probably going to attempt a field goal, which is something he's been promising for many, many years and not delivering on. This is Russ who claims that he could be an NFL kicker and would be on a pay-as-you-play deal because he's so confident about his ability to kick said field goals. Exactly. <laughs> a lot of things. That's true. So we, we thought that it would be a good idea to incentivize him. So what we've decided is we're going to donate some money to charity based on his kicking ability. Does this will this money actually end up going to charity rather than nasty rains and stuff that uh, <laughs> we we never win? Well, we donated some money to charity with that, but yeah, this is this will get donated to uh, Rugby Against Cancer, uh, which obviously is a great cause. What we've decided is we'll do a fiver for us even attempting a field goal kick. So it's twenty five quid straight off the bat from the rest of us here. Uh, and then Adam, I think you suggested that we would top that up for a for the longest uh, successful field goal. Well, that might be the only one. I mean, there <laughs> might not be one. Um, but any the longest successful field goal will get an extra quid each per yard, um, measured by an adjudicator that we trust. I'm thinking Ben. <laughs> and there has to be and there has to be video evidence of this kick taking place and being successful. Yeah, yeah. There are lots of lots of terms and conditions which you can find on our on our website for this. Um, but essentially well, on our Facebook page. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Last night only you yeah. can find them. Um, yeah. So five five pounds each regardless. And we'll we'll add on a pound per yard each to the rugby against cancer pot. So, yeah, anyone involved in that go well and enjoy yourselves on Saturday. Good luck, Russ. Good luck. Try not to end up like Phil. Hello, good evening, and welcome to this week's Mon 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 Slapper. We'll be whoever you want us to be, Adam. It's fine. I want to know what a Mon Slapper is. I was somewhere between Mall Over and Log Snapper. I think that's very obvious. <laughs> and I'm not doing that again. Um, this is us. You know who we are. Um, Rich, Pat, Mark are all with me. I'm Adam. How are we all? Good. Very well, thank you. Very well. Excellent. Um, coming up on the show, we are going to review every single game from week four in the NFL. We will preview every single game in week five. Uh, we'll do a lot of chat around it. We'll have a quiz. We'll have our Steve Brains Anytime Touchdown Corner bet. Might even do things Pat hates and any other business. Sound like a plan? Yes. First up, 
obviously we have a quiz and pat you have something i believe indeed and you've segued to it beautifully because you were mentioning the uh, conglomerate earlier we've had an excellent number of podcasts this week a couple of all overs we had a long leg pod last week uh so we heard a lot from our good friend the uh, chinese lensman and one of the things that he brings to any podcast is a game that i really enjoyed listening back to which is giving a vague description of a player he wants other people to name for him because he's forgotten their name <laughs> What's that? you've got doug's description of players and we have to name them is that <laughs> so essentially what i've done for this weekend's touchdown scorers of which there were 70 it's written a Doug-esque vague description of them <laughs> and the first person to shout in with the correct name over the top of my vague description of them will get themselves a lovely point and uh, yeah we'll carry on for 10 minutes or so until we go um, does this mean we have to think like Doug? <laughs> yeah you have to think like my impression of Doug I suppose okay. it's not necessarily the same thing um I have forgotten to randomise them, so what I'm going to do is get the person who answers correctly to pick the next one. So you're picking a number between 1 and 56. Um, (laughs) I will start with number 1, because where else would you start? You all ready, Jules? Does that all make sense? Yes. Yes. Although I am wondering whether you've written 56 vague descriptions, or you're just going to do this on the fly. No, I've written, I've written 56 vague descriptions and the other 14 were more like, um, what's the word, cryptic clues to the player's name and I realised they're not what I was aiming for so I cut them out and just thought oh, 56 is probably going to be enough, especially if I waffle on the introduction for two minutes. Alright, description number one. This guy is like a walking L'Oreal advert, like a blonde David Ginola. Jaguars quarterback. Adam. But- Go ahead, Adam. I, I nearly buzzed in with Trevor Lawrence anyway, but I couldn't recur- recall, <laughs> even though I watched that game. Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence is correct. Give us a number. 52. 52. Somewhat ridiculously, I nearly said 57. That would have been a piss take. <laughs> Although I do have one. 52. Receiving back. Poor man's Alvin Kamara. Mark. Mark. Cordero Patterson. Incorrect. Poor man's Alvin Kamara. Only he's in a good team now, so he's more of a rich man's Alvin Kamara. (laughs) Scored for the Chargers this weekend. Uh, Rich. Rich. It's got to be Eckler, hasn't it? It is Eckler. Adam. You can buzz in after Rich has answered correctly if you want. Oh, okay. it's not going to help you. Rich, give us a number between 1 and 56. Uh, 17. 17. Scored in his revenge game against the Titans this week. Adam. Rich. Adam was first. Corey Davis. Corey Davis is correct, sir. Give us a number. Number 9. Number 9. Not just a kick return specialist anymore. Mark. Mark. Yes, Mark. <laughs> Good job, sir. Give us a number. Uh, eight. Eight. Feels like this fella spent more time out injured than fit since he was drafted, which has ruined about a million fantasy teams. Serves you right for drafting a giant in the first round. Mark. Mark. 
Yeah, he's tuned in now. Good job, Mark. Up to level with Adam on two points. Give us a number. Uh, 18. 18. I'd never heard of this Chiefs receiver last week, and I'd forgotten him when he scored his second touchdown catch in consecutive weeks this week. Um, that is... Um, blah, blah, blah. Oh. Anyone else can jump in over the top of him if you want. Rich. Nicole Rich. Hart. It's not Nicole Harper. Adam. Adam. Is it uh, Robinson? You, no. You're going to have heard Mark. of all of these. I don't know. Mark. Fortson? Fortson. Jody Fortson it is. Oof. Excellent work. That was quite a difficult one to do, sorry. Give us another number. 32. 32. Brief scrolling down port. Tons of wide receivers to throw to, and Jimmy G picks this tight end no one's ever heard of. Mark. Adam. Mark. Did Rich just say Mark? No, said fuck. Oh, well, that's not your name, so we'll go Adam. his name. Adam. Um, I I was hoping you were being sarcastic, and I was going to say George Kittle. Incorrect. Mark. Mark. It's uh, it's Mr. Dwelly. It is. It's Ross Dwelly. Mark has a two-point lead. <laughs> Give us a number. Uh, fifty-six. Fifty-six. Top of the shot. Wellish. Another massive tight end got pinged for a stupid taunting call. It was never taunting. I thought we got all of that out of pair. Adam. Rich. Darren Waller. Darren Waller, yes, Rich. Good yeah, it shout. was a ridiculous shout. Spiking the ball towards the bench, my ass. Anyway, give us a number, Rich. Uh, five. Five. Massive cowboy. Hair like Mickey Mouse. Adam. Running back. Adam. Ezekiel, Ezekiel Elliott. Correct. Give us a number. Seventeen. We've had 17. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's amazing. Oh, failed. Loser point. 37. That big fella has an unnecessary in his name and has been a beautiful streaming tight end from the Cardinals. Oh, uh, Mark? Yes, Mark. Uh, that... Oh. Bollocks. Gonna have to hurry you. Um, no, can't, Mark. Can't think. It's gone. Anyone else want to jump in on this tar- Cardinals tight end? Can't remember. Uh, Max with a double X Williams is the that's man. That's him. That's <laughs> double X. Get out. I'll jump to 39. This guy's no. one of the most stacked receivers I have ever seen. I thought he was going to destroy Buddha Baker when he tracked him down after that interception last season. Mark. Mark. Did you get my Yes, Mark. Give us a number. Uh, 49. 49. One of New England's big off-season tight end signings. No, not that one. The other one. The oh, one from the shot. <laughs> <laughs> Who busted? Hunter Henry. Hunter Henry, yes, Rich. You're up to three points. You're level with Adam. You're two behind Mark. Give us a number. Uh, two. Two. Tight two. end whose name no one can pronounce from the Bengals. Oh, Mark. Mark. Uzma. Yes. Close enough. <laughs> Give us a number. Uh, let's go with 53. Right, 
parents' house number 53. Massive tight end recruited to replace Hunter Henry from the Rich. Saints. Adam. Rich. Uh, Rich was first. I definitely was next. You I'm definitely were next. Oh, that's good. You can't buzz in and then have thinking time. That's not allowed. Adam. <laughs> you did tell us we could just shout over the top of it. I did. Definitely Jared Cook is correct, Adam. You're a point, two points behind Mark. I can't I read up my own numbers. Give us a number. 40. 40. Scrambly Jesus boy threw his toys out the pramp for not having Rich. a good enough O-line. Rich. Oh. Bollocks. I thought he was, I was going to go with um, uh, Cole Beasley. Incorrect. <laughs> Definitely not a Jesus boy. <laughs> am I Am I out or can I buzz in again? You can buzz in again. Rich, Russell Wilson. Yes, Rich. Four points. Four points for Adam. Mark on six. Two minutes to go. Give us a number. Um, 40 or whatever numbers above that if that's already been picked. <laughs> Literally 40, just the, the literally last the one. one we just did. 41. <laughs> I'll, do you, I'll do you 46. Aaron Rodgers' best friend who was brought back to keep... Mark, add it. Randall Cobb. Yes. I don't know who answered that. That was Rich answered that. You said we could just shout across each other, so I am now. <laughs> I did, but no one has for the previous eight minutes. Okay. Give us a number, Rich. 47. 47. Dick Fingers last week. Miraculous diving Mark. end zone catch. Mark. Uh, Hollywood Brown. Hollywood Brown is correct. Give us a number, Mark. Uh, let's go with 12. 12. Scary Washington wide receiver. Adam. Rich. Adam. Terry, Terry McLaurin. Yes. Adam, number us. 19. 19. The most overpaid tight end in the league. Adam. Playing white. Adam. Oh. That was a mistake. <laughs> overpaid tight end. Uh, Rich. Travis Rich. Kelsey. Taysom oh. Hill. Yes, Rich. Oh, God. Joins oh. Adam on five <laughs> points. Give us a number, Rich. Uh, nine. No, no, we've had nine, haven't we? Eight. Eight. Yeah, we've had eight as well. I'll give you four. Should have been offensive rookie in the year in 2020. Vikings wide receiver, Mark. Mark. Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson, Mark, takes you to eight points and we're at time. That wins you the quiz. Good job, Mark. Of, of all of us, you're the most inside Doug's head. <laughs> That's not disturbing at all. Well played. Um, good quiz, Pat. I've, yeah, I'd quite like to do some of the other questions. We maybe so. If we do that, we could do that again. I'm sure they'll score again. Um, all right. Unless we bet on them. Yeah, that's true. Speaking of which, we better do that. Um, we got one out of six, was it, last week? Not a good show. Um, Worst week so far. Uh, but frankly, not getting them all, it doesn't really matter. So let's try our luck again. And this week we are going with the over 30s. Thanks to Russ. Yeah, thanks for that one. Um, well, Russ, Russ's pick, which he immediately <laughs> stuck in before anyone else had a chance, was Adam Thielen. Uh, the Vikings are playing the Lions. So that was his pick. Craig, who is also not here, inexplicably, when the Jets have just beaten the Titans, by the way. Um, <laughs> Craig's going with AJ Green for the Cardinals against the 49ers. Uh, Pat, how about yourself? I went for Emmanuel Sanders for the Bills. 
Now, it's possible that we have another player in that game, which means that bet is not accepted, in which case I have Taysom Hill as my backup, which seems apt for some reason. <laughs> yeah, so because you and Craig couldn't be bothered to read the chat properly um, and pay, pay, play by the rules, um, you've had to go with somebody who's more abhorrent than those rules themselves, Taysom Hill. <laughs> and if, if we win because of that man... I mean, frankly, the charity won't deserve it. I can't, I can't. <laughs> I'd say I don't, I in don't my think Steve would be happy with that, actually. <laughs> he, I'd he say in my, in my defence, there's no reason you shouldn't be able to bet on two players on opposing teams in the same game to both have a touchdown. That is definitely possible and happens in literally every game. So tell, tell, don't, don't complain to me. Complain to um, those that, shitty betting apps that Keck runs. and uh, Don't programs. complain about me. Complain to those shitty <laughs> betting apps that Keck um, it basically it's all Greg Kett's fault, right? <laughs> Taysom Hill then, um, <laughs> Mark. Well, I tell you what, I like. How about this, Pat? You have Emmanuel Sanders because I picked Travis Kelsey as someone who's over thirty before I realised that they were playing Buffalo, so I don't want him to score. So how about you have him and I'll you have Emmanuel Sanders and I'll go with Taysom Hill. So we're not picking Kelsey anymore. Okay. Oh, I see. Okay. Substantially I mean, downgraded your tight end player. Cor- that. Correct. I mean, that this bet seems even less likely to come in now. Excellent. Thanks, Mark. Good. Um, Good. My pleasure. <laughs> That's for odds, though. Rich, who are you going with? I am, I think, the only person going with the running back because he might be the only over 30 starter in the league uh, at the position. <laughs> so uh, Latavius Murray, who will probably slowly and creakingly fall sideways into the end zone at some point. Um, Somewhere I've... Mark Ingram just shed a single tear. I was just, I, that, he was a name that popped into my head just now, but I don't want to go anywhere near him for this bet. I don't think he's a starter now, is he? Is he sort oh, of who, like who back up in she... oh. can, still, can still score. Yeah, I, I'm guessing David Johnson's ahead, is he? I don't, I don't know. I don't care. Um, <laughs> I'm not going with it. No, no. Um, I'm going to go against the Titans and Marvin Jones for the Jags, um, who. Um, Trevor Lawrence seems to be hooking up quite nicely and quite regularly with so that gives us Adam Thielen Marvin Jones, Emmanuel Sanders Latavius Murray, Taysom Hill and AJ Green please get us a win come on, come on So on, on the subject of Texans running backs which isn't something that any other pod's going to be going into Mark Ingram 6 carries David Johnson 5 carries Philip Lindsay 4 carries so technically sort of lead back Is that for the season? Because that would show <laughs> <laughs> I've just gone to the Bills box score because it's hilarious 6 carries 24 yards so the most number of carries and the most number of yards Oof. That's pretty Yeah um, I might come to something else from that game in the one sentence <coughs> reviews, which, well, let's do them now. Look back at week four and we'll start with Jacksonville 21, Cincinnati 24. Jacksonville took a surprise lead into the half at this one, but Cincinnati woke up, came roaring back for a late field goal to win it. Kansas City 42, Philadelphia 30. Philly were close in this one, but just couldn't quite keep up with the Chiefs in the end. Carolina 28, Dallas 36. While Big Face Sam looked okay again, the score makes this game look closer than it really was. This was, whisper it, an impressive Cowboys performance. New York Giants 27, New Orleans 21. Giants fourth quarter comeback gives them a deserved first win of the season. The Saints remain decidedly inconsistent. 
Cleveland 14, Minnesota 7. A scrappy defensive affair that just about suited the Browns better. Detroit 14, Chicago 24. Fields coming out party or just the Lions regressing to the mean? Tennessee 24, New York Jets 27. The Titans' struggles on the offensive line continue and the Jets pull off a win thanks to a missed field goal in the last few seconds of overtime. That is one more win than I thought they'd get. (laughs) Thanks to a lot of other things, by the way, as well. Um, Houston 0, Buffalo 40. Um, The Texans' drives went as follows. Punt, turnover on downs, interception, punt, 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 interception, half-time. That was a highlight. Punt, fumble, <laughs> interception, interception. Indianapolis 27, Miami 17. Still no idea whether either of these teams is any good, but at least Carson Wentz came through unscathed. That does yeah. not. Washington 34, Atlanta 30. An entertaining game between two pretty dysfunctional teams. The sort of entertainment that European politicians are getting watching Britain at the moment. <laughs> See ya. Seattle 28, San Francisco 21. Trent and Cannon, or should I say Tommy Cannon's kickoff shenanigans helped fire Seattle to this victory. Not only did he fumble twice on the same play, he also let a kickoff go into the end zone for a touchback, except, well, it didn't. Arizona 37, LA Rams 20. A big game and a huge win to put the Cardinals top of the NFC West. For once, the Rams' offense couldn't keep up. Pittsburgh 17, Green Bay 27. The Steelers on offence are in serious trouble. We're witnessing the very last few games of Big Ben's career. Baltimore 23, Denver 7. It's easy to win football games when the referees let you headbutt all of the opponent's playmakers out of the game and get completely unpunished. Tampa Bay 19, New England 17. Imagine having the same quarterback for 20-odd years, the greatest to ever play the game. He gets you six Super Bowl wins. Then you release him, not his choice. And then he comes back to your stadium playing for his new team. Reminder again, it wasn't his choice to leave. And you boo him. Las Vegas 14, LA Chargers 28. The Chargers are for real. Massive Monday night win, keeping a previously rampant Raiders pretty much quiet. And there we go, your one-sentence reviews. That game finished with a fake field goal punt right near the end, <laughs> which was so enjoyable. It was and a real thing of beauty. Inconse- inconsequential to anything, but I just any, anything just completely out of the ordinary, bonkers, last thing you expect. Absolutely loved it. Anyway. <laughs> talk, um, to the, uh, talk to the Ravens about doing pointless, inconsequential things on the last play of a game. Well, I was going to say. <laughs> imagine if he got... Imagine if... Lamar got hurt doing that. Yeah, like, and it could, it really could. And if I'm if, the Broncos, I'm you. You going? You're going to go and try and take his head off, aren't you? If yeah. You, if that, if you're the opposition. Yeah, it's the equivalent of doing keepy ups to see a game out rather than just passing it along your back four. It's going to get you crunched. Mm-hmm. It's, it's. I mean, I, I sort of, I get why they want to, but come on, it's not like it's the last game of the season, or you, you know, it. it they could, and honestly, who cares about how many times a team has got a hundred rushing yards in a row? Who no, cares? Clearly, they do. Clearly, <laughs> they were it's taking a record off the Steelers, which does add some fuel to the fire. I think. Yeah, <laughs> that is true. Um, all right, let's go all the way back to Thursday night football 
nearly a week ago and the Jags in Cincinnati. It seems a strange place to start for us, um, but... <laughs> Does it, though? <laughs> no, no, it doesn't. Exactly where we'd normally start. <laughs> Chronologically, it's where you might start. Um, but, yeah. Uh, the Jags, Pat, starting to look like they have signs of life. We'll come to the elephant in the room shortly. Um, <laughs> but tell us, tell us a bit about that game. in the room. <laughs> I, I was quite, you know, it's the best our offense has looked all season so far, albeit against a very low bar. We didn't shoot ourselves in the foot with any stupid play calling like a flea flicker when we were ahead to ruin our momentum against Arizona. Um, DJ Chart was injured. That's a bad thing. But we used James Robinson, the best we've used him all season, and it's been baffling the underutilization of him. So everything was trending in the right direction, even though we lost. Um, and the reason that we lost, for me, boils down to weird trades over the last few months, getting rid of a lot of our secondary, which allowed the uh, Bengals to just repeatedly complete on third and 13, third and eight, third and six, to get the drives going that they needed to, to recover the two-score deficit that they found themselves in, in the second half. I feel like, you know, one tight end who had two catches doesn't make up for the secondary pieces that we gave up to get him, and it's led to the inability to hold on to the lead and the inability not to build a big enough lead to protect that weakened secondary. So we are where we are. I take issue with you suggesting that the Bengals aren't good because they've looked decent to start the season. They've beaten some all right teams. Oh yeah, um, I'm with you completely. And, and I, I, I think there's a bit of a resurgence going on there. They're topping their division as well. Now, whether that lasts is another matter. They've got, you know, Green Bay and Baltimore coming up on two of the next three games, but they look good so far. I don't remember suggesting the Bengals were good. You suggested it was a low bar. Oh, the, the, what I meant by that was the Jacksonville Jaguars offensive performances have set a low bar. So for it to be our oh, best offensive hey. performance, that's because <laughs> the other ones were so poor. Okay, right. just to be clear, we're not throwing shade at the Bengals who don't deserve any shade. I don't think either team in that game deserves shade based on what I watched. Um, what's going on, well, in Ohio after that game might be another matter. Yeah, and it's such an unwelcome distraction for a team that's... We just had a best performance of the season, albeit the bar was low. And you now know what I mean by that. That's, that's good. Hey, the um, Bengals are good, Pat. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so I was, I was for about six hours maybe at my most optimistic of the season since I thought we'd beat the Texans and was just cruelly kicked in the nads which I should be used to from the Jags by now and you know that I had a little like oh maybe we can beat the Titans look at them they've just struggled to a loss against the Jets and they look a bit dysfunctional and they're missing some big important playmakers so maybe we can and then suddenly we find out that Maya's been filmed doing some stuff that he shouldn't have been doing and he comes out with some half-assed apology which then is immediately debunked by someone else on the internet and then we find out he's cancelled Monday's meetings for planning for the Titans to deal with the aftermath of his indiscretion and suddenly it's like we've gone from feeling like we've got a chance if we properly fully focus and commit as a team to this game to be in this broken dysfunctional nonsense organisation again and I hate it. Um, the, that broken, dysfunctional, nonsense organisation still has a chance, by the way. Um, <laughs> I've, I've seen enough football to, uh, to know that what you think is what you think might be an easy victory often isn't. Um, and, well, I've seen enough football very recently of that nature. 
Um, but let's not, let's not talk about that. Yeah, it, it's it's bonkers. It just it's stru- it's not a united team. They're not defending each other. They seem to be doing the opposite, and that's not good when your head coach has been there for four games. Is the um, is the fallout from this a little bit over the top though? I'm, I'm reading reports that you know the team is in disarray and there's all, all kinds of backlash against him. And fair enough, he's been a silly boy. But he's been filmed with some bird grinding against him. It's like it's hardly the worst thing in the world, is it? But it's, isn't that the point, though? Isn't that that if the team was in a better state, um, this wouldn't be the the story that it is? Is this more? Is this being? Is more of a thing being made of, of this because the players don't like Urban Meyer? There's definitely people in the fan base and in the media who don't want Urban Meyer to succeed because of his background. And for me, coming in, I, I, I know I don't follow college that closely, so I was just like, he's managed teams to win difficult competitions in difficult circumstances, and we haven't won anything in any circumstances recently, so that can only bode well for us. And you know, Maybe I should have heeded the warnings of the people saying it wouldn't a bit more closely. I considered it to be clickbait, really. It, it does feel like a stitch-up, though. That's, that's the one thing, is that this feels like there are people feeding things to the media that don't don't want him to succeed and whether that's inside the building or just others is yet to be seen but it doesn't feel like a it feels like a bad place to be and it feels like to me it's it's one of those things where if he was winning if you were three and one or four and oh it would all very rapidly be swept under the carpet but this feels like something that's going to rumble on and on and continue to taint things yeah, particularly with players, there was some comment that came out from an anonymous player saying that uh, he'd lost the dressing room and they no longer trusted him, and that's never a good sign. Yeah, but also I never give those any credence because you can basically write anything you want and accredit it <laughs> to an anonymous player, and who's going to be ever be able to disprove that? I consider that sort of thing clickbait to ignore. Yeah, oh, the, if you've got, the, that, the if you've got that information, say where it's come from. Or, no, I, you know, I I know that the uh, the player's email address is koganluke9 at um, jaguars.com. <laughs> I don't know who that is. But that does feel very much still like, e- even if it's nonsense, even if it's lies that anyone in the dressing room has lost any faith in him, um, it still feels like a bad... It's one of those things where it almost stirs up the fan base to be more discontented and, and maybe get rid of him sooner rather than later. The way he's handled it hasn't been great because he's handled right. it with a kind of half-assed apology, which has already some of it proven to be not entirely the truth. And it's, that it's like, just it's like, spirals you down a, a sink, doesn't it? Sometimes the apology actually immediately makes something worse. and This is one of those times... Um, yeah, I, and, I would have yeah. preferred it if you'd just come out and said, what I Mind do your own business. Why, it's none of your business, it's not yeah, about coaching yeah. the team. Because you've got to think about the atmosphere <laughs> of a sports locker room, right? It's full of jocks. So as many people who will disapprove of what he's done, there'll be as many people going, look at him, flirting with some bird in the 30s. Good on him. Good lad, yeah. And they'll be <laughs> yeah. doing exactly the same and worse. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it, it's, it's not what's happened by itself is it that that's the issue it's it's all sorts of other things um should we move things a bit more positive and i want to talk about the, the no i want to talk about the <laughs> team the only team left in the nfl that's undefeated 
And as Russ build it, the preview of the NFC Championship game, and it's hard to imagine that he's wrong at this stage, the Cardinals going to LA and coming out 37 to 20 convincing victors. Um, I don't think, I mean, we probably all thought the Cardinals might be decent, but I don't think anybody saw this kind of domination in the first four games. How about those Cardinals? Yeah, no one predicts them winning the division here, did they? <laughs> <laughs> You're going to bring that up every week, Pat? Yep. So I'm going to bring it up. <laughs> Until Adam starts bringing up spoilers, I'm going to bring up that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think that anyone saw that that um the committee running backs working as well as they they did especially when they were having the the, the, the sheer amount of work that those the two Edmonds and Connor rushed 30 times um which is impressive but they were very successful um everyone thought AJ Green was old old and over the hill and not going to do it anymore he's been brilliant everyone thought that Kyler Murray was potentially a good quarterback but he's probably the best quarterback in the league or playing the best in the league at the moment um like the Cardinals, obviously not to everyone, Pat, but to a lot of people have kind of come from nowhere to probably be the best team in the league at the moment. And I know that they've obviously got the best record, but they're playing well. Their defence is playing well. All of the moves that they've made uh, have just have worked out for them. I'm, I'm yet to be convinced that it will last. And a lot of that for me is based on... is. Kyler Murray, not necessarily because of his ability, but his durability is the thing that I think might ultimately let them down because he's he's only a wee little chap. Um, <laughs> and if he takes one one smash, then he he well, goes that, down. That, that applies to anybody. I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure. Like, I, I think he there are hits that he will take that will knock him out of two or three games that wouldn't knock other quarterbacks out of games because of his diminutive size. Um and so there you're, are, being, you're being sizist, Mark. Right? I'm not. I just think that there's there's certain quarterbacks that just get injured a lot, and like let's let, we'll talk about Jimmy G later, I'm sure. But <laughs> please not. <laughs> but the, I, I, I just I, I fear for him given given his style. But the Cardinals are brilliant at the moment. So I I would have thought the same thing, and I did think the same thing about Russell Wilson for years. But the way that Russell Wilson plays, <laughs> in terms of the way that he will be very aware of throwing options so as he looks to start to run and the defense rallies around that and goes oh running quarterback and starts to move towards him he'll then pick out a receiver lob the ball to them and get out of trouble or he'll run to the sidelines or or do a quick scramble and then get down Kyler Murray seems to be emulating that very well this season I've seen him be very smart about when he's running when he's flicking the ball to a receiver that's suddenly become open and when he's just chucking it away and, and getting yeah. rid of it and getting out of trouble, he seems to have learnt very quickly what a lot of other mobile quarterbacks don't, which is don't take an unnecessary hit. Just yeah, it, just, just take the odds you've got and get out of there. I, I read somewhere exactly that, that he, Kyler Murray this season, you know, it's a very small sample size, but he's reminding people of kind of prime Super Bowl winning Russell Wilson. Yeah, because what I really wanted in the NFC West was another Russell Wilson. Because one was <laughs> It was a you... great example of what Rich just described when he hooked up with um, D Hop, kind of rolled out to his right and threw it down the right sideline, and he pitched it such that it was the perfect height for Hopkins at the top of his jump, 
just over the defensive back. Any higher, it was going out of bounds over Dehop's head. Any lower, it was being intercepted. It was just the perfect like shoebox window to fit it into. To I, make I love, finish. I love a deep ball thrown on the run like that. It's mm-hmm. so, so sexy. Oh, we need to talk about uh, Zach Wilson throwing on the run later on as well. No, we no. don't. No. So, some of those throws were very pretty. He's a bust. <laughs> it's it's also worth it's also worth mentioning that this isn't you know he's gone and done it against some teams but here he's everybody going into this game is talking about the Rams being the best team in the NFL and they kept that offense on the whole pretty quiet and they managed to put on those rushing yards you know well over 200 rushing yards that throwing performance against Aaron Donald and one of the best D's in the league it's incredibly impressive yes particularly given you know as you say it's one of the stronger secondaries it's it's a strong part of a strong team so yeah. to be making the connections he made to Hopkins and Williams and um, Green is really good the other thing I, that struck me about this game was it's the first time we've really felt the loss of Cam Akers. You know, they've skated through the first three games yeah. without too much of a struggle. Um, the the lack of that ground game, Henderson did okay, but nothing special, and it all felt quite one dimensional for the Rams. One dimensional enough that the Cardinals could cope with it and smother it out pretty easily. I I think this is where the Rams offense does come unstuck and can come unstuck is that they were down two scores early so actually Henderson's uh, average carries was 6.5 yards per, per touch but he didn't get the ball nearly enough and that was the issue of, of playing from behind it meant that the Cardinals knew that they were going to be throwing a lot of the time and because McVay's offense is so heavily uh, reliant on on those play action passes. If you know those passes are coming, you're not biting on the play action. All of a sudden, it becomes much much harder for stuff to open up for the Rams. And I think that's where the Rams don't get behind that heavily that often because of that defense. But if you can get ahead of them, that could be an issue for them. Great point. The, the and... Cardinals are going to score points on any defense in the league, right? The yeah. way, and uh, unless they have an off day. I mean, I, I don't think, as from a Rams perspective, I don't think they have much to be worried about here. It was quite it was quite a convincing win, but it didn't feel as if the Rams stunk um, or they weren't functional. And it, just, it was just an off day. many for... defeats like yeah. that for them. Yeah. They, they couldn't keep up was the main biggest issue there. And that happens to teams sometimes when you've got an offense that, that you know that's strong coming towards you the main thing the rams need to fix in this game i think is piping in a massive voice shouting whose house when they share a stadium and literally have another game that same weekend (laughs) (laughs) deserve to lose for that sort of antic (laughs) (laughs) correct yeah i i don't know did you know this, this is really off topic but did you notice that the the color in the end zone didn't quite fill it it was really bugging me so you've got like a that is the, a classic I, Foxcroft. It it was, and I wondered if it's because they had a game the following night and they had to slightly down the shade of blue a touch to make it from Rams to the Chargers, who have basically copied each other's uniforms anyway. And and I, I don't know the Chargers. I want to talk about as well. So they that's a really good win for them. Um, mm-hmm. the, the Raiders, I think, 
not not everyone's necessarily convinced by. I mean, I, I think they're so I think three they're pretty going good. into this game. Yeah, yeah, I think they 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 look pretty good, but they they were well beaten by the Chargers, and yeah. I mean it. You know, the Raiders rallied a little bit in the second half, but it wasn't enough. Um, Herbert to me looks fantastic, yeah. and it's it's an offense that takes some stopping again. Everything with... that they everything that they've done so far, they went and like beat Washington in week one, which a lot of people expected. They kept what is arguably one of the best offenses in football. Um, to, uh, admittedly, they lost the game, but they kept them to twenty points in that in that ma- matchup. And then they went and won in Arrowhead, and then to beat the previously three no Raiders. They look fantastic at the moment. The Chargers, one of the best teams in the league, no question. Herbert is an absolute gem. Yeah, they're using what they've got very intelligently. So they had four different running backs on their first drive, which went for a touchdown. And the way they utilize their pieces is great. We saw um, Parham, the tight end, getting involved in the offense more in this game. So it's very unpredictable who you need to deal with. Yeah, Pat, who did balance. you have winning? Who did you have winning the AFC West, Pat? Was it the Chargers? I think it was the Chargers. Yeah, yeah. it was. <laughs> I don't like to mention these things, you know. Smoke, <laughs> Pat. Can I ask a question about this game? No. How do you have a weather delay for an indoor stadium? <laughs> it's not indoors, Adam. There's a. It's not fully domed. There is a gap in it, and that was the problem. Is there? Yes. Is, is it not a retractable roof? It's roof. I, I, don't, or... I don't. I don't believe so. I don't think it's a full dome. I take your point that it seems ridiculous, but yes, it's. Um, I don't think it's a. I think they've got some kind of like weird. I don't want to say because they've got. I thought it was like underground slit. or something. Like isn't it <laughs> well, built like set into the the ground? This stadium. It is what? dug in. Yeah. In like, in like underneath. But it like, still has in, some. In a car park of Staples Centre or something. Is that where you reckon it is? <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> It looks magn. Well, I clearly haven't paid enough attention to it. If it does have a hole in the roof, but they should maybe seal the hole, then you wouldn't have this problem. Yeah, yeah, I'm, well, I'm sure. I'm sure that it is. I might well be. I might be wrong, uh, but I'm sure that it's not a complete dome. It uh, is in LA. The weather down there is generally pretty good, so you don't really need a ceiling on it. <laughs> maybe that's maybe that's fair, but. It seems quite unusual that that sort of design of the stadium. Anyway, we're digressing into to stadium antics. Although I've already talked about the carpet in the end zone, so yeah, why why not talk about this as well? Um, how about something a bit more football related? Um, Buffalo and one of the you alluded to the best performing offenses in the league, Mark, um, and the Dallas Cowboys. Yes, I mean, also brilliant. Yeah, I mean, very... I don't, I don't like to hype the Cowboys, but they're actually starting to live up to some of it. The thing with the Cowboys is that that we kind of knew that their offense going into the season was going to be good, and so it's proved they they've got so many weapons. Um, Pollard has has proven to be a brilliant um, foil to um, Ezekiel Elliott. Those receivers are playing well. The thing that they're doing at the moment is that their defense is backing it up as well. They are also playing well. In Micah Parsons, they've probably got the defensive rookie of the year at the moment, and they are playing far better than a lot of people thought they were going to. And they are by far the best team in the NFC East and will walk into the playoffs at the moment. Yeah, this game showed just how much the uh, Panthers miss CMC, and it's obvious, but it was more obvious than I expected it to be because they just weren't. There wasn't the wrong game to set up all of the rest of the things that that offense likes to do. 
Doesn't Trayvon Diggs now have the most interceptions in the league? Five, he's, I think. Yeah. He's had right. one in, he's had at least one in each game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Two in this incredible. game just gone. Incredible. And yeah. if you've got a corner who's got a nose for the ball like that and can turn it over, that yeah. just it makes it so much harder to play against you. Yeah. And Zeke is starting to look like proper old school run you mm. over twice Zeke. So yeah. that bodes badly it, for everyone, even though, you know, they've got Gallup out, Cooper pulled um, a hamstring slightly and one of the players will literally come back into the game later. So they're starting to pick up some receiving issues. But then people like said Wilson come in and look like, you know, <clears> there's no deficiency there. So, And I know we've talked about him a bit, but Dak coming back from an injury like that has just looked like he's never been away. Yeah, uh, that Almost was... looks better. Yeah, he he looks like he's got a real proper, you know, next level understanding of what's wanted in that offense, and and just is executing it to, you know, a really really high level. Yeah, it's is getting he, the confidence he... back is important, isn't it? It's like the opposite of Carson Wentz. <laughs> is he staying in the pocket a bit more? Because he's never been a particularly mobile quarterback. But like he's he's had like don't get me wrong he's he could turn it on when he he wants to but maybe maybe the injury is actually <clears throat> making him better by forcing him to well restricting him to the pocket a bit I don't know I'm just speculating. maybe it's just having a pocket to stay in that's helping him <laughs> yeah well the, the, the Dallas of O line has been pretty stellar in recent years that's always yeah. sort of been the strength of theirs um but as as I think Rich you said you know the their defense has stepped up, and that, yeah. that's that's the main thing that's changed in Dallas. It was, it was the the success of the rushing game is what won them this one for me. Is the fact that they they could build on, you know, over two hundred yards rushing for those two, and it meant he only needed to throw the ball fourteen times, which when you think he managed to throw forty uh, four touchdowns um, is pretty impressive. Um, <laughs> but they're using him efficiently. He's like, yeah, just looks cleverer on the ball and. Uh, I think they look really impressive at the moment. Okay. Yeah, and, I mean, we should we should give some credit to uh, the Panthers because they were still in this game into the second half. They just had that patch where Darnold looked like old Jetsy Darnold and uh, started <laughs> just throwing interceptions. Well, they they started well, but I think that Dallas just like took third quarter maybe just bang yeah. bang bang and that game was gone, um, and any sort of rally was too little too late. Uh, yeah. yeah, when he couldn't rely on rushing it in, that is as Donald seems to be doing more than anyone else. I think he's got more rushing touchdowns than any running backs in the league this year so far. Yeah, um, because he can be his own lead blocker. <laughs> yeah, with his, his, his have face we in the him end zone. In Steve Rain's bet yet? We probably haven't. We probably One has. Him. Yeah, Pat picked him once. Hello. Oh, okay. okay. The sage, <laughs> the sage Pat Jackson has picked him. <laughs> this yeah, this is all about four, Pat Jackson. <laughs> what the lorry numbers, Matt? Yeah, yeah, it's it's becoming a bit, almost a bit too, too convenient. Yeah, we um, need to knock him down a peg or two, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I bet you didn't predict that the Jets would beat the Titans at the weekend. Uh, in your defence, I don't think anybody did. Craig couldn't have been less convinced <laughs> that that was going to happen. <laughs> He's still not convinced. That's why he's not on the podcast. He thinks it's a practical joke being played by everyone on him. He's going to come on and reveal that actually they lost. Well, yeah. I Well, having watched the game, I can tell him that... Well, I can tell him that the, they, they look good, but they didn't look good to start with. It took them 
at least a quarter and a half to get anything going. And the Titans had three quarters or three eighths. Three eighths of the game, three quarters of the the first. Yeah. So (laughs) the Titans started with, they were nine, they scored nine points, I think, possibly all in the first quarter might have been early in the second but you know three red zone trips three field goals basically and it's one of those i'm watching thinking okay i'm not too concerned because the jets can't do anything but you then look back and you sort of think well yeah converting a couple of those to touchdowns would have made all the difference um but the the reason for a lot of that is um i'm not going to go into full rant about the titans o-line which is a big part of this but another big part of this is that Jets defense and their front seven or more <laughs> on a lot of occasions in this game looked absolutely incredible and on a, on a par with probably most other defenses in the NFL and that you know while the Jets looked ugly going 0-3 they weren't hemorrhaging points they weren't the offense was embarrassing them but their defense wasn't and I think that They've been maybe taken a bit too lightly, possibly taken too lightly by the Titans. And, and well, if they get Zach Wilson to even be half decent, they're, they're going to be hard to beat. It's that classic Salah defence, isn't it, where you've got huge amounts of defensive line work kind of building pressure there and, and really making it hard. I mean, Tannehill, it looked like week one again for him. Yeah, <laughs> given, it did. Given that it he did. was always on the floor. Yeah. Well, was it seven sacks? Seven Six times seven, sacked. Yeah. He's the most sacked quarterback in the NFL. Was this the stop. Jets? Was this the Jets' pass rush being good, or just your offensive line being absolute dog shit again? I mean, a bit of both, I would say. Um, I've, I've seen, yeah, various opinions about who's to blame for the seven sacks, and it's mostly the O line, um, mostly one or two people on the O line, and the right side ultimately. And it's frustrating when you. You know, you set you set your roster up to maximise. You know, I suppose, well, I don't think it's a Super Bowl window now. Maybe we thought it was in the off season. Um, obviously, doesn't help having AJ Brown and Julio out. Um, but it 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 felt watching, and the Jets took the lead, and then the Titans sort of had a good drive to to come back and go a touchdown in front. But then the Jets weren't done, and they kept they kept just hitting us hard. Zach Wilson got you know a couple of those. Throws on the run that you were talking about, which which looked great. Corey Davis obviously stepped up. That was inevitable. That was written in the stars. <laughs> uh, but then just the way the Titans' offense were playing, I'm watching this game thinking they're not going to get back into this. And actually they did, but when I didn't expect it, and they took it to overtime, it just felt that they didn't they didn't deserve the win, quite frankly. And the, 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 Jets, the Jets were the better team. One thing that stuck out to me, watching this back on the on the short highlights was the amount that you were passing in the red zone or trying to pass in the red zone and then Tannehill either going incomplete because he was hurried or getting sacked rather than just getting down there and just pounding it with Henry I don't really understand why you do that for three red zone trips in a row well I mean what yeah this there's an issue here now Henry's having a lot of carries the most carries probably of just about anyone he's topping all the stats as you'd expect uh, but we don't seem to like to use him on third down and I can I get that on third and long but you know third and three mm-hmm. oh let's take Henry off the field and bring McNichols in any defenses that's exactly what they want 
Um, we had a, a drive towards the end. I mean, it, it transpired that um, the, the Jets couldn't, I think, had, had a three and out following. So we got another, not another chance with the ball and took it to overtime. But the drive before, the turnover on downs where I think the sequence, you know, in the red zone again, Henry for a sort of five, six yard run, Henry again for another couple, third and shortish. Henry comes out of the game, two incomplete passes, and the ball's turned over. And you sort of think you need to fine if you do that every now and then, but mix it up a bit more. The you know the the best guy on the team is that is that number twenty two. Use him in those key situations. Yeah, perhaps yeah. perhaps take him out on first down occasionally if you're worried about his workload. Give McNichols, give McNichols or you know, Sergeant or Darrington Evans if he's ever fit again. Give him a few more carries, maybe not on those key downs, and use use Derek Henry. He's proved this season that he can catch passes as well. He can. He's not the one-dimensional back that um, the stereotype suggests. Um, yeah, but I don't. I don't think it should have come down to that end of the game anyway. Because if you're using him more in in the red zone early on, you you probably aren't coming away with just three field goals from those three trips. Because there's nothing more disheartening as a fan than to have three end zone trips go nine nil up and then the other team gets a lucky break and all of a sudden it's nine seven you know, like we've done we've we've absolutely dominated this game for most of the first half and all of a sudden we're two points ahead it's just yeah. so frustrating it it's the same, been, in, could, same in the Niners Seahawks could, game could and should have been well out of sight by that point you know you could have right. been talking 21 nil up and the, the game's done I mean it I get, I get what you're saying, but I think part of that is actually the Jets outplayed us for a lot, for a lot of the game up front in the trenches. They were better. They were better. And is that a concern, considering that yeah. this, is a t- this is a team that scored 20 points in its previous three games combined? Um, and then they have they just turned up and figured it out against you guys, or have, are you actually a lot worse than maybe we thought? I, well, I, I don't think I'm not. A few Titans fans are concerned about the the defense. It seems to be the deep ball is a problem, um, but the defense is better than it was a year ago. I know that's not saying a huge amount, and um, we get we're getting more pressure. I think I think Zach Wilson had a good game. Uh, it just it just took him a while. He's he's obviously been low on confidence. He's he's been he's looked appalling in a very anemic looking offense. But they they sometimes it just takes a a drive or yeah. a deep ball. And, or or something something lucky something sparked it, and he he looked good. And actually, yeah. the deeper the ball he threw, the better he looked. At nine yeah. nil in this game, I was definitely thinking, if the Titans win this like fifteen nil with all field goals, or even like fifteen seven or fifteen ten, that would be pretty hilarious. And then that, that's what I thought. That, that's how I thought the game was going. Yeah, and and even late on, it felt like. Okay, they've equalised now. Two point conversion. Henry slams it in. They scrape a win. That's what you'd expect. And then Vrabel jessied out of that, took the coin, took it to extra time, and went for the coin flip. They lost it, and you're like, well, it's going to bite you now, not having been brave enough. But they held them to the field goal, and you thought, okay, here we go now. A Henry dominated drive to win the game in overtime. We've seen it before, and it just didn't happen. Did you not? You you stalled on because. Uh, it, it got as far as the one yard line in overtime, didn't it? Before it, before um, that to set, they had to settle for a field goal. Uh, yeah, there was a fantastic play for Danico Autry to, um, yeah, force. I've, I've forgotten. I've forgotten exactly. I thought it was Zach Wilson 
um, actually out, outside the pocket. But and to, yeah, to, so I suppose it went down as a sack, but it was a tackle for loss, really, um, the way the play went. And couldn't get back to the line of scrimmage, and that made all the difference. I think if it was fourth and because they were on the one, if it was fourth and short, yeah. they'd have gone for it and probably scored. And but yeah, it, it just I, I don't think yeah we could have won it, but I don't think that it would have deserved it. And it's just just one of those things. And yeah, I, I, honestly, the the Jets, <coughs> as horrible as they looked, and they may look horrible again. I suspect they'll be inconsistent because they've got a rookie quarterback trying to find his way. Um, but he's shown what I didn't think he necessarily had in him. He's shown that he can he can do some exciting things. Having yeah, James certainly looks have, a lot more competitive than the Dolphins. Yes. Yeah. Having Jameson Crowder back certainly makes a big difference for him as well as that. He's that reliable wide receiver weapon that he's not had in the first three weeks. And um, he's always had a lot of talent, Crowder, um, and probably goes quite underrated in the league. But he he made a big difference today. Yeah, as did Corey Chip on his shoulder, Davis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you wait, you watch Corey Davis go two receptions for 17 yards next week. Yeah, if you've yeah, 100% bench him in fantasy next week. Absolutely right. <laughs> Okay. Um, you mentioned the Dolphins. I mean, I, I don't know if there are other games we want to cover. It feels like a Buffalo. Um, <laughs> as, as I say, it feels like there's not aren't too many other surprising stories. The Dolphins Colts game, garbage. I mean, Pat, yeah. <laughs> the the I, highlight I, I, of this game for me was um, a Carson Wentz attempted screen pass to a guy maybe two yards ahead of him, six yards away in total, and he managed to under-throw it such that the guy couldn't catch it. Like, oh, my God, you can't complete a six-yard screen pass. We may as well all go home. <laughs> That's probably probably enough on the on the Colts-Dolphins. <laughs> <laughs> the good thing about the Dolphins last year was their defence, and that's gone to shit this year for whatever reason. I, I, you know, I don't know if they've got injuries or whether they've just like fallen away, but it was the D that was keeping them in games. Two are I'm not convinced with at all, and he's another one of those quarterbacks that seems well, incapable of keeping fit. Um, yeah, and I think he's going to come back more than likely next week, and I don't know if that actually helps them that much. No, no, and he'll just get injured again. And then, like, and, and the D isn't keeping them in games and winning the games this season. So, yeah, long long road for them. Jonathan Taylor looked better. That's one ray of light for the Colts. Yeah. Yeah. We don't really want the Colts having too many rays of light. Mm-hmm. Um, Buffalo, yeah, they won 40 0. Um, 49ers, Seahawks. Is, is that it? <laughs> That's what, the... do you, what do you want to say about it? I want to. I want to say that we've had two games in a row where the opposition hasn't scored on us. Okay. Um, um, right. Nine of Seahawks. Fuck, fuck, fuck you. <laughs> Go on, Mark. Have, have your little Bills moment. We, we we've all been there. It's getting it. <laughs> it's it's nice to think that we've won a game. And I know that we were playing the Texans, and my God, how, this is the first time I've seen them properly up close this season, and they are. It, it, you know, it doesn't help that they were playing Davis Mills and bless him, he was on a hiding to nothing. He'll have that exact Wilson game when they place the Titans in a few weeks. And no, doubt. <laughs> no doubt. Um, but yeah, it's two games in a row to keep the opposition from scoring, which is, is a ridiculously good achievement for a defence. Um, in this game, bizarrely, for a game that you win 40 nil. In the first three quarters, our offense wasn't particularly great. We we got into the red zone a lot, 
and kept on spluttering a bit like the Titans. We there were an awful lot of um, touchdowns that we gave up because we we couldn't punch it in in the red zone, and that's something we're going to have to get a lot better at going in and playing the Chiefs next week. We have to you've got to score touchdowns against the Chiefs. Um, but when they got going second half, they did look a lot better, and it's just yeah, it's a it's, it's a fucking lovely feeling, boys. <laughs> I do think you should start on. 10 nil down as a penalty for uh, rubbing it in and having R- Mitch Trubisky running a touchdown at the end. Though. That's <laughs> unacceptable behaviour. It was, that for, was it, disgusting. It was for uh, my fantasy team disgusting. as well, Pat. It was uh, to see like a, a Bills rushing touchdown and it'd be Mitch Trubisky and you're like, oh, for crying out loud. But <laughs> I, I watched the highlights having not known, I missed the completely missed the fact that he scored a touchdown. I was like, oh, okay, garbage time. It looks like their backup quarterback's in. Oh, it's going to run in. And then I just realised who it was. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> Don't Is he the that. new Taysom Hill? <laughs> oh, uh, but bad. yeah, I mean, the, the, Texans are, the Texans are a horrendous football team. Really, really, really bad. We, we didn't, honestly, you look at the score. If you don't watch the game, you look at the score and you think that our offence has been incredible, but we weren't. They were just that awful offensively themselves. We kept getting... We kept, it, it should it could easily have been yeah all right and rich your niners yeah. i'm not gonna say it was a complete struggle and um, there's some good flashes in there uh, but i don't know maybe as we touched on last week it was a game that the seahawks perhaps needed a bit more given recent results but yeah it's just it was a weird one it was a really weird game to watch it felt like it went on forever and had about 17 different sections to it so the seahawks were absolutely appalling on offense for the vast majority of the first half so they had six proper drives because the last seventh drive doesn't really count with sort of 30 seconds left shall we see if we can do something oh no they've shut down the run out of those proper six drives they went three and out five times and on the sixth time they scored a touchdown to level the game (laughs) (laughs) That is just not okay. We seem to panic at the moment where we scored a touchdown with our first drive. Then Jimmy threw a standard interception. Then we missed a field goal because uh, Robbie Gould injured himself in warmups and Wisnowski, our punter, was kicking field goals. And it was 40-yarder and he only just missed, but it just seemed to cause panic of this like, oh shit, now we've got to score all touchdowns. To, to try and win this game. There was just this weird thing that, that sort of rippled through the team. And we found out afterwards that, um, as as Mark alluded to, the Jimmy Garoppolo injury curse, basically Kerry Hido, who's about 300, 330 pounds, landed on his leg during that first drive. And he was basically trying to... Um, trying to... Uh, Pretend he was work, all right. Yeah, work his way through the rest of the first half. So when he didn't come out for the start of the second half, there's all these Niners fans going, oh, he's he's got hurt. Kyle's kicked him in the calf, blah, blah, blah. But actually, someone showed a screenshot of it, and it did look pretty unpleasant. Uh, but yeah, so we then He's got... as injured as Andy Dalton. <laughs> <laughs> we then got Trey Lance in the second half, who looked like a rookie. He had some brilliant moments, and he had some really wobbly moments. But he he's not been practicing. You know, he's not been taking first-team reps. So you can't really expect very much from him. And from that moment on, the Seahawks just seemed to smell blood and went for us. 
they didn't help Jimmy by calling that trick play where someone was supposed to lateral it back to him for him to pass, <laughs> but they lateraled it about three foot above his head, so he had to leap full distance and stretch his calf, and that slowed yeah, him down yeah. even further. Yeah, that was that was entertaining because people give him shit for throwing hospital passes to George Kittle over the middle and, and getting him almost injured. I don't know if you saw him being bent backwards like a twig. Um, but then, and then someone and then did trying that. to run back onto the field, looking like he was basically couldn't had no idea where he was. Right. Yeah. yeah. yeah that was that was very worrying. I don't like seeing George Kittle looking injured. No. But you're fine with Jimmy, um, because you know. <sighs> I'm not fine with it, and I feel really bad for him because when he's fully healthy, he can be a decent quarterback. But he, as soon as can he gets, he though? Ed, yeah, mm. any t- uh, well, he got us to Super Bowl, so you know he's all right. Um, but his the problem he was is on a team that he was on an excellent team with an excellent defense that got to the Super Bowl, right? Which is most Super Bowl rosters. <laughs> anyway, uh... ignore, ignoring the Jimmy. Uh, good or bad quarterback thing. The problem seems to be that anytime he picks up an injury, he really struggles to perform at the same level. And in the NFL, you have to be able to play through some injuries. To an extent, this also um, underlines the importance of not having your punter as your holder. Because if you're going to have your punter as your kicker in an emergency, the person who's doing the holding has never done the holding before either. So it's just, it just compounds the issue. Was it um, the fullback? Yeah. Check. yeah, yeah, that's the guy. But on the 53-man roster, those sort of positions aren't seen as vital. And it's wrong. It really is. And you pick for exactly this sort of scenario. And it's important. Go back to having your backup quarterback as your holder. Absolutely. Yes. Because all he's doing yes. is holding a clipboard anyway. He's not going to yeah. get injured that way. <laughs> what is it with the 49ers and the in injuries? It feels like it's every single year. When you're having to play your sixth-choice running back in a game... Right. Um, and but you know, it, their sixth choice running back performs just as well as their first choice running. But no, back, I know, so but I, I don't think that's the case in this yeah, in this that's... instance. And like, you, your quarterback's going down, your fucking kicker is getting injured. Is what is it with that place? Has your stadium been built on some kind of burial ground or something like that? If <laughs> I just, but it's every year. Never it's... happened in Candlestick. Only happens for Levi's. So you might be right on that one. Have that got... is that is a good point. Is yeah. it? Is there like? It, do you have to start asking questions about, you know, the training staff or the coaching is that's causing this because it it is disrupting your season every single year and it must be so frustrating. Well, they've they swept the training staff two years ago. I think after it was pre the twenty nineteen season because we'd had a couple of years where back to back we'd had injury issues. I don't know. Maybe it's the training grounds got issues. We've got the wrong kind of turf in there. It is immensely frustrating as a fan to see really talented players just spend half the season on the sidelines. Yeah. And you're getting like Kittle injured within games. Your quarterback's going down. You're, you've got no running backs left. Yeah, I just don't know where it stops. It's like it, this is what used to happen to the Chargers every single year, right. and it and it ruins so many of their like Super Bowl winning or contending teams. Um, it, and it feels like exactly the same things happening to you again. I feel like the 49ers have got a you know a good enough squad if everyone's fit to go deep into the playoffs, but you're you're a mile away from that at the moment. Yeah, the the running backs thing is something that can be explained because. Um, Shanahan's run game prefers 
guys who have a lot of pace so they're they're not necessarily big bulky guys like Derek Henry they're shifty quick one cut and gone guys that can just hit a home run and this year we we drafted Trey Sermon specifically because he was a bit of a bulkier guy a, a guy who could take a bit more of a pounding and then he got a concussion <laughs> like first run of the of the season um and i mean that's not really can't do anything about that i mean that's that's a bad hit from a a db that could happen to any running back or receiver at any point in time it there's some of it just seems to be purely luck yeah it's a curse definitely a curse yeah definitely a curse (laughs) i i do i do want to mention i thought a big part of this game going the way it did was your kick returner rich i'm so i don't know it's i mean he'll learn from this obviously you can't not uh but it's not the fumble in the first place it's that reaction i've got to make up for it right and i saw oliver skip for spurs who's by the way as a complete aside is this isn't the slight on him because he's, he's having an excellent excellent season he's a great young player uh, but he made a mistake in the game on sunday he was a headed pass um straight to an opponent and then made up for it by chasing him down and kind of two-footed taking him out um getting himself a yellow card if it, it smacked of that it smacked of i've done something wrong i'm gonna try and make up for it by diving for three or four extra yards and obviously um fumbling again what that, happened after that is then the seahawks immediately score a touchdown um, i mean that from a ridiculous play that certainly didn't help but it felt like the kind of situation where we should have been comfortably 28-7 up at that point. And so you sort of go, that's a bit shit, but we've still got a decent lead. Let's calm down and and just play good defense. Whereas at that point, you're looking at the first half where you feel you should be comfortably ahead and the second half where you're suddenly, what, 21-7 down? Mm. Yeah, it just... it There was no way back at the point where... You know, we we you're then putting a lot of pressure on Trey Lance to basically score a touchdown on every drive, and he's a guy who's, you know, he was taken as a incredibly high ceiling talent who needed a, a decent amount of time to to bed in, and now he doesn't have that. He's just going to get thrown to the wolves, and and we've just got to hope that he can survive. Okay, one last thing before we look ahead to week five and. The well, Washington Atlanta game, um, one of the most baffling bits of officiating I think I've ever seen. Um, a bit of a weird play, to say the least. I don't, I'm guessing you know what I'm going to talk about. Uh, Matt Ryan was scrambling out of the pocket, and he, he I'm not even going to describe it as a hit that he took. He there was contact um, with Chase Young. Yeah, it was an and, arm to the top of the chest. Yeah, uh, no, nothing wrong, I didn't think, looking at it with the contact. He then was slightly off balance because of it, and for, because of a perfectly legal act. His knee went on the ground, and he seemed to throw the ball while his knee was on the ground. It got picked off. Um, so the interception wouldn't have stood anyway, because it would have counted as a sack. Uh, but then a, a flag's thrown against Chase Young, and this wasn't one of those that you think, the officials just not seen it from the right angle or something. But they, it was very obvious that nothing untoward had happened. These these things just bug me. 
Yeah, and to have that no call in the same weekend as the sorry that call in the same weekend as the Teddy Bridgewater literally helmet to the face concussed out of the game no call, the lack of consistency between the officiating crews is just horrendous. Is officiating something that's just always bad, or it's it's never? <laughs> I realise it's never perfect because there are humans doing an incredibly difficult job. I get that, and and also also agree that not every single play should be reviewed that would be a terrible spectacle but is is it worse than it was there's plenty of questionable calls every week i don't know whether the frequency is going up or not but you look at like the steelers blocked a field goal and it, they were judged to a false start and so yeah. the touchdown was overturned and it's like they, that was they, marginal they, it was Very right marginal. on the snap I, I didn't see a false start at all so we had the clock thing last week for the Lions there's a lot of weird stuff that should be easy to iron out with the number of eyes they've got on the field I've seen a lot of um, defensive offsides this year from various different players, D Ford got one at the weekend where I, I genuinely was looking along the line thinking he's definitely lined up behind the ball there but I bet there's a flag here and there was a flag and and it's almost this this weird thing of officials throwing it's the inconsistency again that is really frustrating yeah. and i do get annoyed with players lining up offside when they're literally looking down at the ball it's like how can you not work out whether you're behind it or not it's really shouldn't be that hard you're, pl- you're paid a lot of money to do this it's partly <laughs> the inconsistency and partly that the fact that they have screens and stuff so when they call a face mask penalty on a guy who's literally taken the guy down by his shoulder pads, there was no contact with the head at all. And you're like, what, what are you doing? You could look at that. Even if you make a mistake at the time, you can look at that and go, well, actually, he's not touched his face. It's a horse collar tackle, if anything. And it's not like that the technology doesn't exist for someone in a booth somewhere to be looking at that. Speak to the, you, you can see that play within five seconds of it ending. And to go to speak down and say, actually, no, he's gone nowhere near his helmet. You need to pick that flag up. Um, then pick it up. It's, uh, I don't understand why you've why got to draw a line happen. in the sand somewhere. No, no, no. I'm complete with Mark here because people talk about oh, it'll slow down the game, you'll get loads more reviews. Well, you don't need to, you've just got to go up there. He tells you that definitely there was no contact yeah. with the face mask. So, yeah, but what about, what about something that's probably or the next you've got, you've got to say you, you open it's, it up to that and then you're opening it up to the next little margin or the, no, the, they, the next little thing. They already do that with. Uh, calls where they talk about you know where you don't overturn it you stick with the call on the field with a lot of other stuff so it's the same as that it's only the really obvious you've made a horrendous mistake here you need to reverse it and the the refs often spend 20-30 seconds discussing stuff anyway so having another voice that comes into the ear and goes by the way this is actually what's happened we can see it on the replay would just clear it up much quicker how long did they discuss that play anyway Right. Like it was, you know, they were, that was a good like three or four minutes that that play was all being sorted out. I can't understand why. Yeah, but the, the bar, the fast there is there. Yeah, yeah you're right. Cause they're not allowed to look at replay. Yeah. Why, that, why on place. earth is there not an, in a position whereby they can say, oh, well, yeah, absolutely. By the way, his knee's down. So it's a sack, but it's certainly not a penalty. It's, um, yeah, ludicrous. I mean, my instincts are to completely be with you, but I just, I just, I'm, I'm conscious of that that balance between. I say replay every single play. <laughs> Make the games eight hours long, and like have hardly any action, and it's just like ninety five percent of the game is replay. That's what I want. It would just be dreadful. <laughs> <wouldn't it? laughs> oh. 
Was there a, did that left that? tackle move a little bit before that? Yeah, just just can every say, little thing. I I love, by the way, that every podcast and NFL discussion before the weekend and after the weekend has started and had a lengthy chat regarding Tom Brady going to play the Patriots. And I love the fact that we haven't covered it <laughs> at all. I'm so we did, we did one sentence review. There you Fine. go. Okay, that's Done. enough. I love the fact that that's as much coverage as we're giving that prick. And on that note, let's move on to week five and some one sentence previews. Uh, Thursday Night Football kicks it off with LA Rams at Seattle. The Rams should be able to punish the Seahawks in all the places the Niners couldn't last week and will bounce back with a win. New York Jets versus Atlanta in London. This particular game, London game, might not actually be as bad as everyone seems to be expecting. The Jets in particular are suddenly good to watch after a visit from Dr. Titans. Detroit at Minnesota. After the Vikings' offensive struggles in week four, this is the perfect chance to get going versus the moribund Lions. <laughs> New Orleans at Washington. Tough one to call, this one. Both teams capable of great and garbage. I think Washington sneaks it by three points. New England at Houston. Both teams are pretty horrible, but the Patriots' defence should be enough to get them past the Texans. Miami at Tampa Bay. Brady against a Miami team that's struggled since week one. Should be an easy win, but they love to save their best for him. Green Bay at Cincinnati. Aaron Rodgers has never won a game in Cincinnati. And I'm calling it now. He's not about to get a win this time. Denver at Pittsburgh. This one could be ugly. Drew Locke's revenge game after last season's injury. I fancy the Steelers and I don't know why. Yeah, me too. Doesn't seem right. Philadelphia at Carolina. The Panthers discovered that this football malarkey is actually quite hard when you play good teams. Having said that, this should still be another Carolina win. Tennessee at Jacksonville. The Jags have looked dangerous at times, and the Titans have the Titans have liked have looked vulnerable. But a division <laughs> win would quell the rumors of discontent in Tennessee. The Titans are super a super a super bamble. <laughs> Cleveland at LA Chargers. It would be just like the Chargers to knock over the 3-0 Raiders and then find a way to lose to the stuttering Browns. Chicago at Las Vegas. This is one of those 17th extra sneak it into the schedule games. And as such, I refuse to preview it. San Francisco at Arizona. The Cards are now the only undefeated team in the NFL. Lost it, have I, Rich? <laughs> <laughs> New York Giants at Dallas. The Cowboys are far better than most people thought and have arguably the best offensive in, offensive in the league right now. Should be an easy win for Dallas. Super, super bound. Super... <laughs> Buffalo at Kansas City. Come on, you fools. If we saw an NFC Championship game preview last week, this is the AFC equivalent. Bring it on. And finally, Indianapolis at Baltimore. The Ravens' defence seems to have regained its air of invincibility in the last couple, and that will be enough against an up-and-down Indianapolis. I would like, traditionally, when the New York Giants play Dallas, I just think this is the, and it's not on prime time this time, it's like, oh, it's the NFC East marquee matchup, and it's that game that's twice a year that bores everyone to tears. <laughs> um, but the Cowboys look good, and the Giants actually got a win. We didn't mention the Giants, and that... That's, I don't want to 
say Daniel Jones is anything approaching half decent, but there were some good aspects to that win, I thought. Mm, anyway, that's I... that covered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, it's the NFC East. Yeah. It'd be more I, interesting I... when they start playing other teams a bit more. You're, you're right. You're right. Other. Dallas should comfortably win that game, but that was an unexpected win for the for the Giants, I think it's fair to say. There have been some, uh, I don't know whether it's always this way and I just forget, but the first four weeks of the season, there have been some really weird results and you almost wonder whether, oh, Cowboys should easily get a win there just isn't something you can, you can count on at the moment. No, <laughs> not, no more so weird than that victory that the Saints destroying the, the Packers in week one. Right. Like, now you look at what's happened since then and you can't believe that that result happened. Yeah. That's bonk. Absolutely well, and, and your Bills week one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, just absolutely stomped the Texans, which I guess everyone would expect, but just a different team. Yeah, it was that, well, oh yeah, offensively shocking against them. Considering what the Steelers have been like since, um, right. you, you can't believe we managed to lose that game. But yeah, it's um, week one, funny results. Okay. Yeah, I'm. I'm looking forward to seeing whether the Rams do bounce back against Seattle, because if they don't, that makes the division very interesting. I think they will. They um, should. I think the division's pretty interesting either way, quite frankly. Yeah, true. All right, let's get away from NFL. That's more than enough. Definitely more than enough. Um, Pat, it's time for uh, time for this. <laughs> Ugh, horrible. Oh, don't say that about the Jags. No. Things Pat hates. People suggesting that we should touch base. This <laughs> section was sponsored by Urban Meyer. <laughs> uh, uh, excellent. Any other business then? Um, let's go right back to you, Pat. All right. So, um, bit of background to this. I say a bit of background to this on this every week, I feel like. Um, last season, I had a Stevenage season ticket. And because we didn't go to any games because of COVID, there was a load of like money that we'd given the club that we hadn't spent on coming to see games. So they said, we're going to refund it to you in one of three ways. We'll either give you the money back, or we'll give it you off a season ticket, or we'll give you in club shop vouchers. Or you can let us keep it, and we'll give you... like a hospitality package to one of the games. So next week, I'm going to a hospitality package for um, the game against Exeter City. And they sent me an email through with the details of this. So you turn up at like one o'clock in the bar they built behind the North Stand. There's a two-course meal, which I'm I'm led to believe from people who've been to this already is like serve yourself out of a big heated trough like you're at a conference or something. So, you know, it's not, not the fanciest thing in the world, but it's nice, you know. I'm going with a friend I haven't seen in a while. It's going to be fun. The other thing that came on this email was dress code, smart casual. Please don't wear football shirts. It's like, but what's <laughs> a game? What? You're inviting me to a game of football and you're telling me that I can't wear the shirt that you encouraged me to buy to show my support for the club. I, I took a little bit of umbrage at that and I don't know whether that's me being an arsehole or that's them being really weird. It's definitely that I, second one. Yeah, I thought that. If, if you're, I mean, of all the formal social occasions where a football shirt wouldn't be appropriate. A football match isn't one of them. 
That's I mean for for me either going and playing like five aside or going to a football match are the only two times an adult should ever wear a football shirt. And I could kind of understand it if we were like in a director's box or something, but we're in the bar they built behind the North Stand and then sitting in the North Stand. So yeah. I don't get it. Yeah, ridiculous. I'm half inclined because they, they didn't really specify what smart casual Wear was, your so Jags jersey. I may That's very well. Do. I wore that last week, actually. I may well do that again. <laughs> no, it's, it's definitely, that definitely seems odd. If you're looking for some reassurance there, I'm completely with you. Thank you. Um, Rich. Uh, just a just a quick one from me, because I do not want to get into this in detail. The Pandora Papers and all the uh, expose of all of the billionaires putting all their money offshore and all the dodgy dealings that are going on with with all those people in the background. And it's it's less the fact that, you know, it's sort of entertaining watching all this stuff play out and more just the fact that, you know, that six months from now, it'll all have been swept under the carpet again and nothing will have happened to them. Mm hmm. Just, just annoys me. Fuck off. I saw someone the other day trying to appeal to Jacob Rees-Mogg's better nature, and he doesn't have <laughs> one. So, what's the point? Right. <laughs> the one that really got me was uh, Philip Green and his wife going on a uh, uh, spending spree, buying up a load of properties just as they knew that uh, all of that high street stuff was going to go under, and he was basically going to leave. Uh, was it BHS with a half billion pound uh, hole in their? Uh, in their pension fund, thus screwing over all the people that have made them all that money. Mm. Fuck that guy. Mm. Um, I'm going to. This, I don't. I don't quite know whether this is a bit like you, Pat. I don't know quite know whether the issue is mine or or not. Um, and it's linked. It's linked to the the Titans losing to the Jets. Um, but it's a wider wider thing here. And I, I I'm. Of all my faults, I, I'm not the sort of person that, when a sport sporting result goes my way, rubs someone's face into it, or I'm not the sort of person that if a sporting result doesn't go someone's way, I go out of my way to rub someone's face into it, unless they're sort of asking for it. Um, Rich, our mutual friend, um, who I could name, um, but... <laughs> He, he, he won't listen to this. Um, he won't care either. He won't care either. I'll <laughs> say this to his face. Um, he, but he was, he was, he started to, and he's the sort of, he's the sort of guy that you, you hear, you hear from him reasonably frequently. Um, but you could go like two or three weeks without hearing from him. And about somewhere into the fourth quarter, when it looked like the Titans were going to lose, suddenly he's as a message, um, and that's I, I sort of reply laugh it off I could, he, you could call it a nibble and then there's another message about and and then it's okay fine i'll laugh that off and he keeps going it just keeps going um and i didn't get annoyed because the the phrase you know you could give it out but can't take it it's almost like the opposite of that um i wouldn't do i wouldn't do that to him i wouldn't do that to anyone really unless they like unless it's in retaliation for something or they or they're being like smug about something. I haven't gone. I haven't spent all week going. Oh, the the Jets are shit. We're gonna like arrogantly. We're gonna romp all over them. I've oh, I've seen enough of Titans football to <laughs> know that's unwise. And um, so it it's not so much you know, Steve um, or, or or anyone, but it, it's 
is that a behavior that is wrong i don't i don't know it, it's like a it's sort of it's not even the the content of what he was saying was was particularly annoying it was just persistent and i was just i just piss off i'm not in the mood for this <laughs> um, i'm i'm angry as it is um, or do it the following day even i don't know there was just something that oh he's the sort of person who yeah, you can go out of your way to aggravate someone at the worst possible moment and that's his sense that's his sense of humor i get that um, but there's there's something that you sort of think yeah was was i really a necessary target i i don't think he would have quite understood quite how furious you were at that <laughs> moment in time and i think that was the problem was he'd have been watching the giants game and quite giddy about the fact that the giants was was still in a game for the first time this year and i think that he probably was seeing score updates and just prodding you with the expectation that the titans would ultimately come through and win whereas you're on the other side game well, i was watching the game i didn't thinking, have that expectation right thinking <laughs> we're gonna lose here because yeah. we're playing like shit yeah maybe that's what it was uh but yeah i think it's the the, the, the wider point and i was speaking to uh, greg about this um and we, it, it's come up before whether there are certain people that will actively seek fans of certain teams out um when something doesn't go their way um and that's quite a, a spurs thing they they will they will often be the targets but they that funnily enough i don't particularly care about that it doesn't doesn't quite do it in the same way that the nfl does i don't know you get it on Twitter where random fans will attack other random fans that they don't even know. I I think this was purely oh, yeah, but, Steve you know, thinking that... that you were probably in a less bad mood than you were. Uh, <laughs> I don't think he would have pushed it because he was genuinely like, oh, I think I've really upset Adam. Because <laughs> what was entertaining from my perspective was because I'd taken my laptop back to my parents to watch the games on and then I'd left the, the charger in bristol by accident so i couldn't actually watch the games on my laptop which meant i ended up watching the games on my phone and at the end i think it was half time in the niners game i i came out of watching the video get, went to that chat and i've just got a load of like steve making prodding jokes at your expense and you sort of batting them away in a kind of half-assed yeah yeah very funny ha-ha kind of way and then it's just he just wouldn't he stop he wouldn't one. stop and then yeah. you left the group and he's left the group and i'm like oh wow this this escalated way further. <laughs> and i think that was possibly part of the problem was that i wasn't there to mediate and be like all right steve calm down I, yeah, I, yeah i think in, in hindsight, I, di I didn't realise that, and I think I, pro I almost expected you to be there and immediately reinstate me or something. But yeah, <laughs> I also expected after it, there was sort of this awkward like 15, 20 minutes afterwards where nobody did anything, um, and meanwhile the game continued to play out. <laughs> and I, yeah, I just sent him a message and apologised. Rightly, you know, I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have reacted, but you know. He it was just kept, he just kept prodding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he is one of those types sometimes. But it it was like I said at the time, it's only because he thinks you're someone that will take it and dish it out a bit and, and that he likes you. He wouldn't do it. Oh, I know. And normally, yeah. Uh, I know. <laughs> he thinks it's a bit of a prick, basically. <laughs> uh, and nine nine times out of ten I, I will. Um but yeah, it's quite funny looking back, really. Yeah. I thought it was hilarious personally, but <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean, who'd, who'd overreact to a, a sporting result not going their way um, in the heat of the moment? Every sports fan ever. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it doesn't, 
not every sport will do that. I don't know. It's something that you only get 16 games a season and they're all so vital. And 17. Oh, fuck off, Pat. That's <laughs> <laughs> the group. Sky cool. <laughs> no, you just crossed the line with that. Right, Mark, any other business? Um, very quickly, if you if you like beer and you like brewing beer, um, I invested in, uh, like a good few months ago, invested in something called the Pinter, um, which is like a, a concept that a couple of guys came up with, um, I think just before the first lockdown started, um, which is kind of like a fun way that you can brew your own beers at home. It's a device that you like, they send you some presses and you put it in and then brew some craft quality beer as their MO. Um, and they've just released Pinter 2. Um, which is I've just, I've ordered one. Looks the like turn it's of the pinter. Exactly. Yeah. This time it's personal, <laughs> and it's brilliant. It costs you, you know, it's about hundred quid to get the to get the kit, and then um, ten pound gets you ten pints, and it's just it's brilliant fun. Makes some brilliant beer, and I'm I'm loving it. So yeah, pinter, look it up if you like beer. And pinter, if you want to sponsor the podcast, just let us know. Absolutely, do do that. <laughs> and, and if you're if you're a company that does stuff that shaves your balls, don't get in touch. <laughs> We're not interested in that. Ball shaving bad, beer, good. Absolutely. Yeah. And it doesn't yeah. even have to be pinter. Anyone who does that kind of stuff, or just brews your own beer, just send us beer. We'll happily <laughs> we'll happily talk about you a lot. With the exception of Green King, who can go fuck themselves. Yeah, that's um, that's true. Yeah, I've sworn twice in a row there. It's unlike me. Um, <laughs> I, what's what's that thing like, Mark? On like sort of storage and smell and like, does it impede and your house and is it um, easy? It's it's dead easy. Yeah, it's really simple to use. It, I mean, obviously, it takes up. It's it's about you know, it, it's not massive by any stretch of the imagination. But you have to leave it somewhere to brew in your house. So as long as you've got space to do that, that's fine. Um, the thing that I think most people struggle with is the fact that you have to condition it in the fridge for a fair while afterwards. Um, but do what I did and win a competition and win a beer fridge from Pinter, in fact. Sounds like they are right, Pinter. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's um it most people end up like having a pinter and then a co-pinter, so you can have one tapping and beer on the go while your second pinter is brewing. Um a, a different a different beer so yeah you need you need a bit of room but it doesn't smell and it's all good there's been there's been a couple of issues on the on the pinter one um because it was their prototype and you know, some people have had some leakages and some failures but it seems like as all good businesses do they've listened to the people that have bought it and produced in pinter to a product that deals with a lot of those issues i've never had any failures so but there are people that have um and yeah it's it's I can only speak excellently of it so far. <laughs> it sounded a bit like you were talking about Game Pass for a minute. My Game Pass has been fine. Other, <laughs> other people have had issues. Am I the Vernon K of beer brewing? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's very good. And I, and I know I'm speaking to the converted about beer drinkers amongst you chaps, but it's, um, it is really, really good. I can't, I can't speak highly enough of it so far. Can I shock you? I like beer. at any one time i have significantly more than nine beers in my in my cellar Um, excellent there we go um week five previewed week four reviewed we've done it all we did everything that we said we were going to do and we were the long snapper podcast it's been it's been good fellas
Same time next week. Bye bye. Well. Maybe, not maybe if it's not, used. Not if it's used. <laughs> Even if it's unopened, I'm not sure I want to give any relative <laughs> edge trimming equipment. I remember my housemate saying, oh, I'd never buy pants in a charity shop. And then pausing and going, oh, actually, but I do buy earrings. Mm. Uh. <laughs> it somehow doesn't seem as bad, but actually it's probably worse. It's going literally through you. <laughs> Can you buy pants in a charity shop? I'm sure that's not a thing. Uh, I, I'm sure they've been washed. <laughs> but... I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I've washed as many times as you like. If it's had another man's giblets in it, I'm not putting it on. <laughs> <laughs>